What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of 94 by 50. Here with Max, as always. How are you, dude? Hey, listeners. Hey, Matthew. How you doing? I'm good. Glad to hear it. And we are uh, just over a week away from the 2022 World Cup. Um, so it'll be a little bit of a different show for you guys. Um, we're, of course, basketball experts, but we're going to... Uh, switch gears into a different sport today um, and talk about soccer. Look at the U.S. team roster, surprises, maybe some roster snubs, who we think will start. Uh, And then we'll we'll take a quick look at the rest of the groups, too, and make some predictions. Um, So, yeah, if if it's cool with you, Max, let's let's get right into it. What were your initial thoughts on uh, Greg Berhalter's choices for the roster? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, one, I just, it's just so exciting. I mean, just being a little more than a week out, it's just kind of crazy. It's a weird time for the World Cup. It feels a little surreal, but I think this definitely made it feel a lot more like it was actually happening. It's finally here. I think the U.S. did a pretty good job of their roster. You know, they made an event out of it. I thought it was pretty fun. They were able to interview him, uh, Burhalter live and ask some kind of tougher questions, honestly, about why they left some people off. So it was great overall. I think the the roster is solid. It's got me excited. Um, I think, you know, some people are focused on kind of the fringe players and if they deserve to be on there versus some other fringe players maybe missing out. And we can talk, you know, about that. But something I haven't seen kind of highlighted as much, something that stuck out for me is just um, our top players who have been dealing with injuries besides uh, Miles Robinson are all here. You know, I it was a sigh of relief when I saw Reyna on the roster, when I saw Eunice Moose on the roster, when I saw Wea on the roster, because these players are all important pieces who, you know, were not kind of around for the last window, have been dealing with injuries. So that's something I just wanted to highlight up top is that, that you know, you especially kind of the how awful the last window was, how ugly it was, was a big reason and that was how many of our like key young energy talented guys we were missing so seeing all those names pop up on the roster was a big relief on uh on my end um but yeah we can definitely start to kind of talk about the the snub so i think let's go back position by position starting with the goalkeepers um so we're taking three goalkeepers with us to qatar um, and I think one of the keepers we're not taking is a surprise, uh, Zach Steffen. Do you want to talk more on that? Yeah, so uh, Steffen was, as recently as last season, uh, with Manchester City, Premier League champions Manchester City. He didn't start, um, but played in, in cup games. Um had a couple of high profile errors, I think in the FA cup against Liverpool um, that made Pep Guardiola decide to shift to a new backup keeper behind Ederson. Um, So he's been playing for Middlesbrough in the um, English championship started games, but middle Middlesbrough has been struggling this season. Um, And, but it's, it's still a surprise for me because he had played the most out of any keeper in qualifying. Um, and 
it shows to me that that Burhalter is really looking for who's in form. Um, I also think that Burhalter might have wanted to avoid a keeper controversy because if he took Stefan and Turner, um, he might not have had a clear number one. But uh, with taking just Turner, and Burhalter even said this in the in the live event that he was. There was a clear lean towards Turner as the starter with uh, with Sean Johnson and Ethan Horvath behind him. Um, but, you know, that said, Turner hasn't played a, a ton of football either. He's He's been second string at Arsenal and played in the uh, Europa League games and cup games with with Aaron Ramsdale as their as their starter in the Premier League. We'll be going to the World Cup with England. So um, and Turner's also coming off of a little injury. So it's it's a bit of a, a bold decision by Berhalter, but he's throwing his faith towards one guy. Yeah, I think you bring up some really good uh, reasoning. So personally, like, I think Turner is the guy. I think he's number one. I think as as much as Stefan has played with the U.S., it's been very choppy and very, um, you know, non uh, – it, it's been so inconsistent, whereas Matt Turner has always been called upon, and when he's been called upon, he's been great. He had an awesome gold cup. It feels like he's just kind of been there for the bigger moments for the U.S., kind of the the growing moments and the the successful moments over the years Matt Turner's been the one in gold especially these last couple of years so I think that he's earned the right to be the number one I think he's the person I would choose but I think you do bring up the good idea of if you bring Stefan whether it's in actually in competition or not for who's going to be number one you know if Matt Turner has a rough first game you're going to have a ton of that extra scrutiny of, well, we got to put in, you know, Stefan. And so I think that while it's surprising, and I think I feel for Stefan because, you know, even just making the trip, whether you play or not, is is a life-altering, you know, experience. And and I feel for him not being on that, that plane. I do kind of understand it from, you know, Burhalter's side. Um, and, and ultimately, I do think that Turner is our number one. And so I do like to see that. Um, unless you've got anything else to say, let's move on to the defenders. Let's do it. Yeah. So you were you've been uh, kind of banging the drum for for Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson um, to both be on the roster, to both start given their partnership at Fulham. So um were you surprised to see, especially Tim Ream on the roster? Um, um, I wasn't, but I was very – it, it was more just concerning to in the last window. Yeah. Not, you know, Tim Ream suddenly is gone, and our defense looked pretty atrocious because, um, you know, we were without um, Jetty, Anthony Robinson, and Tim Ream, who are, two, you know, very important pieces – um, but I, I did hold out hope that they didn't want to bring Reem in to that window to play with people that he wouldn't end up playing with since um, listeners uh, Reem and Robinson play on the same club team together. Right. And they play in those positions. So to me, it's something, and they've been playing very well. Reem's captaining them, captaining the Fulham right now. So being able to bring them and, as a unit and to put them in our starting unit, I think makes sense. Um, so it's just another kind of uh, breath of fresh air, uh, you know, or of relief to see uh, Reem in. 
Uh, Zimmerman is in. I think that makes sense. I'll go through the rest. We've got Cameron Carter-Vickers, who has gotten some time. Uh, and I think could push for a starting center back spot, but we'll see. Uh, we've got Serginio Dest um, has played a lot on the right side for us, and I think has that locked up. Aaron Long, who personally uh, not a huge fan of, if he's starting, I think we're going to be in trouble. But, I, you know, he's an American player. I don't want to gun on him too much. I think he gets a lot of hate, but I, I think it's just people are worried that he's, you know, it's it's not the best sign. I, I, he's not the most quality player, and watching him start for us in the last window is pretty troubling. Uh, Shaq Moore, um, Tim Ream, like you said, Anthony Robinson, like you said. Uh, Joe Scally, a 19-year-old, very young player, um, had a some bright spots actually one of the few in this last window uh barely got any playing time but came in in the third game and had some really nice moments uh got some really nice balls crossed in had some good speed took some players just added some energy um i i liked his signing uh deandre yedlin the only player who's played in a world cup for the u.s back in 2014 and then last but not least walker zimmerman um, so I, I believe it's going to be Robinson on the left, Ream left center back, uh, Zimmerman right center back, and then Dest on the right. But, I mean, how do you feel about that? Is that what you see too? Is there anyone else you want to highlight in the defense? That's how I feel too. Um, I think Carter Vickers has been, has been doing well at playing consistent football for Celtic at the top of the Scottish Premiership um and playing champions league football as well but he i think uh berhalter on this stage will trust reams experience and and fulham are having i mean a, a really good season in the premier league playing in the top half and of course you mentioned that partnership of uh anthony jedi and and tim ream um i do think dest has has the right back spot. And then he has Zimmerman at, at center back as the other center back next to Reem. So I agree with you. Shaq Moore was a little bit of a surprise for me. Um, I thought Reggie Cannon might be included as well. And you mentioned Joe Scally. I like his versatility. Um, he's played at both right back and left back uh, for Borussia Mönchengladbach in the Bundesliga. So he's been playing at a high level and has been, uh, has for a 19 year old has, has a lot of experience. So I think he, um, was certainly worthy of his inclusion on the team. Yeah, definitely. Um, so one, I mean, one last thing I do want to uh, say condolences to, to Chris Richards. He was another injured guy, um, really highly talented young center back who was at Bayern Munich, didn't get a ton of game time there, just given how good they are. Went to Crystal Palace, um, but he's just struggled with injury all fall. Um, so I understand why Burhalter couldn't take him, but um, I would have liked to, if he had been healthy, um, I would have liked to have seen him on the roster. That's a good shout out. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he, he would have earned a spot um, on this team if he was healthy. Um, so now looking towards the midfielders, uh, I'll, I'll name the seven and then let you kind of take your initial. So there's seven midfielders that we're pulling, uh, Brendan Aronson, you know, from Leeds, uh, Kalen Acosta, um, LAFC, Tyler Adams, also on Leeds with Aronson, 
uh, Luca De La Torre, uh, Weston McKinney, Eunice Musa, and then Christian Roldan. Um, yeah, how are you feeling about these midfielders, these seven? Anything stick out to you? Um, not too many surprises. No, no notable snubs for me in terms of who is included as a midfielder. I think it's interesting that they classified Brendan Aronson as a midfielder. Berhalter said himself that Aronson can play uh, in midfielder on the wing, but um, my hunch is that the starting midfield three will probably be Tyler Adams holding with, uh, with Aronson uh, on the left side and, and McKinney on the right side. Um, but we could also see a scenario where, and we'll get into the lineup more, but also see a scenario where Aronson plays in the front three rather than in midfield. Um, Luca De La Torre, I'm looking, I haven't, of the midfielders on the team, I've seen the least of him. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he has to offer. Yeah, he's had some nice spot moments, but he hasn't had an, an, any like incredible games. But I, I, I think he makes sense. He's a good ad. I think he's a solid ad. If he comes on, it, it, it'll be good. Um, I think Eunice Musa will also push for that starter role, or but could come off the bench as a great energy guy. And listeners, um, we have moved from uh, three subs to five subs this World Cup. Important. So that's also why there was instead of uh, 23 man rosters, there's now 26 man rosters. Yep. Um, so it still seems, you know, like when you're looking at these midfielders, I think that the main ones are, I mean, I think you got Aronson, like you said, McKinney and uh, uh, Adams. Adams, sorry couldn't find I, I think those guys are all locked in and then I think the rest will we'll see what happens um a lot of anger around Christian Roldan's addition and I think that some of it's warranted I I really like Roldan as a player but I'm not sure he's totally world cup quality but something uh listeners if you are upset about this one, it's French players. How many times are the 25th and 26th players actually getting in when 11 players play? Yeah. But also, um, by all accounts, Roldan is essentially an extra assistant coach. He's a player who the other players love and trust, and I've seen multiple stories about how well he sees the field and whether he himself might not have all the skills or athletic levels to be able to um, adjust and take advantage of all the things he sees. He's been able to pass these tips along to a lot of these younger players. You know, this is the second youngest roster in American World Cup history. So having a guy like that seems to be very something very um, advantageous for the rest of the roster. So I hope, you know, the American outlaws, the fans can kind of see that. And then, um, yeah, same thing with like Acosta. I like him as a backup. You know, if Acosta was starting for us, I'd be pretty worried. But he, he plays very similar to Tyler Adams, just not on the same skill level. But having a player like Acosta to come in off the bench if we need him, that doesn't worry me too much. I, I, I think it'll work out just fine. Um. Yeah, I'm. That's all I got on the midfielders. I'm ready to move the forwards. Unless you got anything you want to touch on? No, let's do the forwards. Uh, this might have been the position group where we had the most potential controversy. So uh, the seven forwards named were Jesus Ferreira of FC Dallas, 
Um, she had a really good season goal scoring wise in MLS. Uh, Jordan Morris, Seattle Sounders, who's recovered from two torn ACLs to make the roster. Pulisic, of course. Um, Gio Reyna from Dortmund. We're really happy to see him healthy given his injury struggles. Josh Sargent at Norwich City. Um, had, showed flashes in the Premier League last year. They got relegated, and he is uh, found good form in the championship in England. Tim Weah from Lille. And then Haji Wright, who's kind of the wild card from uh, Antalyaspor in Turkey. So your, your immediate reaction after hearing those names and um, who, who we could have had instead if, uh, if you were making the decisions. Yeah, so I mean, this is like you said, probably the one with the most controversy. Um, I think if you look at all seven, I think only three of them were locks. You know, I'd consider Polisic, uh, Reina, and Wea when healthy all locks on this team. Yeah, and so that's less than half of this group as locks. So Jesus Ferreira, I think he earned his spot, and I would have been bummed to not see him make it just because he is in the MLS, but he's very young. The form he's had is very good. Um, I think his inclusion makes sense. I think one of the more surprising ones is Jordan Morris. Um, I think that, you know, I, I have to assume that it's kind of in a similar situation as Roldan, where it's someone that Bert Halter can trust as a locker room guy and someone who, if he needs to put Jordan Morris in, there is more of a you know, there's a higher floor than to some players, but I think that fans are right to question the, the ceiling here. And ultimately when you look at Jordan Morris, like the question becomes, you know, do you take this older player who's coming off these major injuries has only played in the MLS? Do you take up that player for kind of locker room stuff? Or do you take, you know, when we start to look at kind of the, the big snubs would be P folk and Pepe. Yeah. Um, which I'll let you kind of, you know, break down those two. But I think there's a big case to be made um, of either of those two having a spot over Jordan Morris. Um, Josh Sargent, I think, was brought in because his form's been pretty good. He he hasn't really had a moment yet with the, the national team. If, no. if Josh Sargent scores, a you know, has a moment in Cutter, that'll be the first time he's really kind of come out on the national stage, but he has been playing well club wise. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I, what are your thoughts, I guess, between, um, you know, really, I think that the big three questions, it's Jordan Morris uh, and Haji Wright are the big two. Um, and it's kind of like, it's, I think those are the big questions that American fans have. How did Jordan Morris and Haji Wright get spots over Pete Folk and Pepe? Uh, yeah, what are your what are your thoughts there? Um, yeah, so we'll start with Morris. I think his reason for inclusion is probably similar to Roldan's. They've been guys who have been around the national team camp for a long time. They, of course, both play in MLS. They're teammates on Seattle Sounders, apparently really good friends. Um, I think, I think the point you made about the higher floor is a good one. Berhalter may feel that, um, the U S doesn't need to be 
exceptional, but if they're, if they're consistently pretty good in the group, they can get results against Iran and Wales and make it out um, behind England. And he trusts Jordan Morris to help do that um, if needed. I, I don't know how much playing time Jordan Morris will get, but he's a, he's a safer pick um, perhaps than, than maybe a 19 year old Pepe who would be, be very hit or miss. Uh, Peacock and Haji Wright um, was to me the, the biggest controversy. Um, Peacock plays for Union Berlin in the Bundesliga who got off to a flying start in the league. They also play in uh, European competition and have been doing really well. Um, but they're very much like a system team where the whole is greater than the sum of their parts and um, their form has fallen off as has PFOC's own form. And you heard Burhalter say, like, if it was a couple months ago, I would have taken Jordan PFOC, but his goals have dried up and Haji Wright is in the better form right now. Um, and given that this is a mid-season World Cup, he wants guys who um, can hit the ground running going into Qatar because there's not much prep time. Um, so that, that to me is how Burhalter justified Haji Wright. Um, but I think it's a, it's a questionable pick and to me, we'll see a lot of Wea, we'll see a lot of Gio Reyna, we'll see a lot of Pulisic, but in terms of who the center forward's going to be, um, we, we still don't know, um, who that target guy will be to kind of put the balls in the back of the net and be the, the poacher in the, um, in the box. Yeah, I, I think. To me, when I look at it, it's going to be Ferreira, one, Sargent, two, Morris, three. Okay. Uh, Haji, four. Yeah. Um, but we'll we'll see. But I, I think as of now, I mean, it was Ferreira's – I think it's Ferreira's to lose in training. I think so, too. Um, yeah. I don't think – not that Ferreira's been incredible, but I don't think Sargent, like I was saying, has really had his moment. I think Ferreira's more of a mainstay, and I think for my – yeah, you just take the – I think you take for to start. Yeah, yeah. I think um, particularly against Wales, we could see Sargent get some time. Some of the Wales roster, or I should say a lot of the Wales roster plays in England, so Sargent will be familiar with them. That's going to be a physical game. Um, and I mean, it'll be against opponents that Sargent's familiar with, but but yeah, that is that is actually one. a really good point. I mean, Berhalter actually highlighted that specifically when yep. asked also kind of about why you, you know, yeah, appeal. So um yeah, so interesting. I mean, maybe Sergeant one for her too. Um, but I think those are your top two guys that you'll see the most of um up top. Yeah. So I think we we uh penciled in Matt Turner as the keeper. Um Serginio Dest, Walker Zimmerman, Tim Ream, and Anthony Robinson as the back line. Um, do you want to give us your your midfielders and forwards that you would have start, Max? Um, yeah, so I think I'd have Adams, Aronson, um, Musa, and McKinney. And then I'd have Wea, Pulisic, and Fer uh, Ferreira up top. 
<laughs> Just give it playing 12 players. <laughs> Maybe that's 11. Adams and... I know. I think you said 12. No, that's 12. Okay, take out uh, Musa. Yeah. I do and, think Musa will be really good as a sub, just yeah, given yeah, given his speed uh, and how dynamic he is. He To me, he's the most kind of powerful athletic guy um, on the team. Yeah. Sorry. So Musa off the bench, the rest stands. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with that exactly. Yeah, which I, I think – and I honestly – like I think there's a lot of – um, people aren't as high on this American team, and I, I get it. But at the same time, you know, they really went out with kind of a, a pretty disgusting final window. But I think that also brought down – like, I think that unfairly brought them down as well, Or people are like, man, we suck. And it's yeah. like, no, we're missing a lot of people. So when I look at the starting 11, I'm pretty excited about it. And I, and I think we do have what it takes to get out of this group and to, you know, be competitive in a knockout game. Um, I, you know, I don't think we're going to make a super deep run, but I, I do think that um, I, I like that when I look at the talent on this team, I, I like how we're being portrayed as, <laughs> I think, worse than we are. Mm-hmm. And I think that only helps us going into the, the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, the, the, the extent to which this team can be cohesive will be, will be key given that it's a mid season world cup. They haven't had a ton of time together. Like you said, to me, we're really talented to me. We have a lot more talent and depth than Wales or Iran. Um, But these Wales guys have been playing together for a long time. They know their stars are going to be Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey. They know, who the guys are who are going to do the dirty work. Um, they know how to grind out results. Um, and the U.S. is going to need to be able to find a way to do that, too. Yeah, very well said. And it is tough to start with. I mean, as we kind of switch into, we want to touch on the group, so we can just kind of start with Group B here, you know. Yeah. I think it is tough to start with Wales because I think it's one where we need a, a, a result from. I think a, a, we need a win there to start out to really feel good about the group. Yeah. And I think it's, I don't think it's the easiest start. Um, yeah. I, I'd almost rather wish we were starting with England and kind of just whatever happens, happens, get our feet wet, you know, with then being prepared for Wales and Iran. But yeah, we'll- I, I, I disagree. I think I would rather have England last because yeah. if we can, um, pick up four or six points in the first two games, then we we go into the England game, um, you know, knowing exactly what we have to do. To me, if we, if we lose to England um, right away and, you know, fall to fourth place in the group, that it makes it hard to play catch up. Um, That's fair. That's yeah. fair. I think, yeah. yeah, I mean, either way, we got England, we got Wales first, England second, Iran third. So yeah. the boys will have to make do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you want to start breaking down the groups really quickly? We've only got about 20 minutes or so, so we gotta wrap this up, but we can touch on every group definitely. Yeah, let's let's do group B. Um, and then we'll we'll shift to the other ones. So um I like I like England to win the group. To me, they're the pretty clear favorite. They just have 
they just have so much talent. Um, defensively, they could be a little shaky. Um, Harry Maguire was brought in from Man U, and he's been struggling. Um, Reese James from Chelsea is injured and going to be missing the tournament. Kyle Walker's health is questionable. Um, but they're, they have class um, that, you know, will make them, I think they're through their talent alone, they'll be able to beat uh, USA, Wales, and Iran, or at least get seven points. So I would pick them first. Um, I picked the U.S. second. I think the U.S. has the talent and depth to get out of this group. I think they can get results against Iran and Wales and probably afford a loss to England and still make it through. Um, Iran is a, a little-known team, um, but they, they have a couple talented guys. They have uh, Mehdi Taremi, who plays for Porto, uh, Sardar Asmun, who plays for Bayer Leverkusen, I think they'll be third. Then I actually picked Wales fourth. I think this is a team that has had kind of the same core group since 2016 when they made it to the semifinals of the Euros. Um, to me, that core group is now a couple of years past its prime. I think this World Cup probably comes a year too late. Um, and I, I think Wales will, will struggle here. Um, so I have England one, USA two, Iran three, and Wales four. Yeah, I think I, I don't have anything really to add on to that. I think that's exactly how I'd say, put it too. And I'll be honest, listeners, I feel pretty in the know about USA, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to really let MK Matthew take the lead on this one. Um, he's much more of our, our soccer expert on this uh, this show. Well, listeners, let's take a, a quick break and then we'll we'll get into groups uh, A and then C through H for the rest of the tournament. All right, welcome back, guys. Um, hope you enjoyed that breakdown of the U.S. team. Um, let us know if you agree, disagree with our takes on the roster, on how we'll do in the group. Definitely want to hear from you listeners. Um, we, love, we love getting mailbag questions, so hit us up. Um, so for groups, let's start with Group A. Uh, group A is, of course always the group with the host. Uh, so Qatar is in this group along with Ecuador, uh, Netherlands, and Senegal. Um, I see Netherlands and I was flip-flopping between Ecuador and Senegal coming out of this group. Uh, Sadio Mane, um, who is Senegal's star, um, had a question mark around his health. He recently got injured with Bayern Munich. He is going to be on the plane, confirmed to the World Cup. He made the roster today, so just hopefully he's healthy. He's one of my favorite players, uh, not only from his time with Liverpool, but honestly just seems like one of the most humble superstars. Um, won 
a humanitarian award um, for his work to help uh, build hospitals in Senegal. Um, and this team is the reigning African Cup of Nations champion. So they're a good side, um, have Khalidou Koulibaly from Chelsea as well. Um, so with Mane's uh, inclusion, and it sounds like he is healthy enough to play, or we're going to assume he is, I like Netherlands and Senegal to come out of this group. Um, Ecuador has a good young player and uh, Moises Caicedo from Brighton. Um, but I think Netherlands and Senegal are the clear class of the group. Um, and when they play each other, that'll be a fun game to watch. Uh, second day of the World Cup. A little early for, uh, for our American listeners, 5 a.m. Eastern time. But if you're up at that time, uh, tune into that game. Um, we'll skip Group B because we already covered that. So Group C um, is Mexico and Argentina, who always seem to square off in the knockout rounds. But this year they have each other in the group stage. Uh, Poland and Saudi Arabia. Um, Argentina is the clear favorite for me here. I went back and forth between Mexico and Poland. I took Poland um, because of Robert Lewandowski. They have a talisman who can score goals. I'm not sure Mexico has that. Uh, Raul Jimenez hasn't been the same player since his head injury. Um, and so they don't have a clear number nine. Chicharito didn't make the World Cup squad from LA Galaxy. Um, so I, I like Argentina and, and Poland to, to come out of this group, um, probably Messi's last World Cup. So it'll be fun to see him play. Um, Max, any, any teams you're looking forward to seeing out of those eight we just mentioned? Um, I mean, definitely rooting for Mexico and El Tri. You know, definitely yep. it's a rivalry, but ultimately it's kind of like, you know, with Big Ten. You know, there's a lot of rivalries, but once we get to the tournament, I'm rooting for the Big Ten to do well. I'm rooting for CONCACAF to do well. So I do hope Mexico can sneak out of that group. Um, but everything you've said makes sense. And again, this is your expertise, so I'm going to let you keep going. All right. We'll keep rolling. Uh, group D is Australia, Denmark, France, and Tunisia. Um Actually, I think Australia, Denmark, and France were all in the same group in the 2018 World Cup as well. Um, so kind of a weird, weird coincidence there. Um, the, the reigning champion always, always struggles a little bit in the World Cup. We've never had a repeat champion, I don't think. Um, but France should, should get out of this group pretty easily. Um, a little bit of question marks for me. And, in France are in their midfield where they they're really young and inexperienced. Paul Pogba's hurt and N'Golo Conte's hurt. Um, so that they'll have a completely new look midfield. Um, and then Denmark to me is the clear two in this group. Um, they've had some really good runs at tournaments recently. It's great to see Christian Eriksen back healthy playing, playing really high level football after the cardiac arrest at the Euros in 2021. Um, so I like France to, to come out of this group in the top spot, followed by, followed by Denmark. Um, group E is uh, Spain, Japan, Costa Rica, and Germany. Um, 
for me, Germany and Spain are a little bit similar in that they have really good midfields, but both lack uh, a good goal scoring center forward. Um, Germany doesn't have anyone like Miroslav Klose. Um, Spain doesn't have anyone like they used to with with David Villa, Fernando Torres scoring goals. But regardless, I think both have the quality to come out of this group ahead of uh, Japan and and our CONCACAF uh, friends, Costa Rica. Um, yeah, I, go I ahead. Sleep too much on Japan. If, yeah. if, if Japan were to come out of that instead of one of Spain or Germany, it wouldn't personally surprise me. They just Spain and Germany feel like candidates this year to not maybe live up to the hype going in, the hype of their country. Yep. Yeah. Um, did you watch the Japan US game in the last window? I didn't get a chance to I see. I did. It. I was very impressed just with yeah. the, the ball movement. They clearly have just played so much together as a team. Um, yeah. You know, I, I Spain and Germany are definitely the more talented teams, but there's always you know, countries that just kind of fall flat when it comes to the World Cup, and I don't see Japan doing that, and I could see Spain or Germany doing that. So no, that's no, that's very one to highlight. Very fair, yeah. And it sounded like they completely dominated the U.S. in that friendly in the last international yeah, window. It wasn't close. Yeah. Um. All right, Group F, and we'll, we'll take a little bit longer time on this one because we got Canada in it. So Croatia, reigning runners-up, um, very much the same type of roster that we saw four years ago with Luka Modric and uh, Mateo Kovacic, um, Marcelo Brozovic pulling the strings in midfield. Um, they're still a really good team. Um Belgium as well has a veteran roster, guys, who it seems like have been with the Belgian national team for, for many, many international cycles now. Um, but they have, they have De Bruyne. Um, Hazard will be an X factor. I mean, he was, you know him from watching him at Chelsea where he was incredible, but he hasn't, he hasn't done much or played at all at, at Real Madrid, but he's still Belgium's captain. Um and then, yeah, I'm really excited to see Canada. We haven't had Canada in a World Cup in our in our lifetime, um, but they have a couple of awesome, awesome players and Alfonso Davies and Jonathan David. Um, so, what do what do you think about Canada's chances? Yeah, again, I'd like to see them do well. They do have like such high top end talent, mm-hmm. you know, attacking wise and stuff, but. Um... And I and I, I think there's rightfully so could be questions around Croatia. How much of you know do people expect them to make another run like that? Um, so I, I don't think it's a given that Canada's just completely out of this group, but I, I think uh that Canada Croatia game will be really big. Um and if Canada can steal one from Croatia, I think things get really interesting. Yeah. I mean, Canada has a relatively small player pool. There, there isn't much question, um, as far as I know, about who's making the World Cup team or who gets selected for the national team. No. But, be, but what that lack of depth allows for is the same guys to be playing together consistently. And it seems like Canada's had that and allowed them to do really well in qualifying. They, they qualified ahead of the U.S. and Mexico. 
Um, and with that top end talent, they can provide those moments of magic that can win games. And they do have a goal scoring center forward uh, in, in Jonathan David, who's tearing it up in, at Lille in France, who can, can put the ball in the back of the net. Uh, and when so few chances are going to be coming to them, they probably won't have much possession. They, his, his presence when those chances do come is going to be key. Yeah. Well said. I, it, it's gonna. I, I think that'll be a fun one that I'll be tuned into for sure. Yep. Canadian, see how they do. They made yep. it back, and that's a big accomplishment in itself. Now, can they make some noise? Yep. Um, Group G is uh, Brazil, Cameroon, Switzerland, and Serbia. Um, Brazil is this. This might be the group with the, the clearest number one favorite um, in Brazil, number one in the FIFA rankings. Um, they're looking healthy and ready to go going into this tournament. They have so much depth. Um, guys like Roberto Firmino from Liverpool and Gabriel, the center back from Arsenal, didn't even make the squad, even though he's having such a good season. Um, so to me, Brazil goes through easily. Um, I put Serbia second, but it's really a toss-up to me between Cameroon, Switzerland, and Serbia. Brazil is, is a clear favorite, but after that, I think there's a lot of uh, balance in this group. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, your hometown, your hometown boy Shakiri from the Chicago Fire will be with Switzerland. Yeah, I just think um, this does feel like where it's like it's Brazil and then everybody else, and I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised to see any of those three go through yeah um it's hard to choose a number two right now yeah um and then the the eighth and final group um and i i always like groups that have teams from four different continents like this one uh uruguay portugal ghana and south korea um Uruguay has some aging stars that are still on the team luis suarez edinson cavani diego godin um Freddie Valverde from Real Madrid, though, is is a younger player that they have who's been um, he's had an absolutely incredible last 18 months. Um, And he was a key part of their Champions League winning team in May and has picked up where he left off this season. Um, Kind of a a do it all midfielder who has a ton of speed, a ton of stamina. Portugal, of course, still has Ronaldo, still has, still has Pepe playing at 38 or 39 years old, which is crazy. Okay. Um, Ghana has uh, Inaki Williams, who plays for Athletic Bilbao. Um, and then South Korea, it sounds like Sun Hyun Min from Tottenham will be healthy. He had a, an orbital bone fracture, a couple fractures, um, but, but he'll be on, on the team or excuse me, on the plane to Qatar. Um, and he's, he's one of my favorite players to watch, honestly. I think he, he gets kind of overshadowed by other stars. Um, but, but he's, to me, a top, 10, a top 10 player in the world. And it'll be, be fun to see him uh, go up against the likes of, of Ronaldo on, on an international stage. Um, so I picked in this group, uh, Portugal one, Uruguay two, uh, 
South Korea three and and Ghana four. Um, although I think Uruguay could easily win this group as well. And um, the Portugal Uruguay game will be a big one. It's the last. It's in um, the third set of or the third match day for the group stage games. Um, so that might be a a decider of who wins the group. Uh, December second at ten a.m. Uh, is Uruguay Portugal. Nice. Yeah, I, I do assume that's the the game that determines the group. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if Uruguay comes out of that one. Um, I just kind of think that this year might be. It feels like one they're kind of a little bit, you know, less on the radar. They're coming yeah. under the radar, and they're still such a good, talented team. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we'll see. Uh, I think that'll be one of the most fun groups potentially. Yeah. So um, we don't have to go through all of our knockout round predictions, but I do have a couple questions for you. Um, so number one, we agreed that I think the USA would finish second in their group. Um, so they would play the first place team in group A, which we think will be the Netherlands. Um, how, so how far do you see the US team going? Um, I think the ceiling for the U.S. team is the quarterfinals. Um, like looking at that, if we played the Netherlands, I think we'd stand a shot. We, we'd have a chance to beat them, you know. But then if we were to win that game, we'd most likely be going up against Argentina, where I, I yep. think we cooked. Yep. So, and either way, I just think that like this this World Cup for the American squad as a big fan feels more just like get these guys experience and get out of the group stage and everything else that happens is whatever in my opinion you know yeah there's no we're gonna win it all there's no we have to make it to the semis or whatever um when you have such a young roster and only one returning world cup player it's mostly about getting there but I do think there'd just be a real disappointment if they don't make it out the group stage. I think that wouldn't, that would feel really rough. So I think it's just getting to the knockout and seeing what happens there. So I, you know, you got Netherlands beating USA. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, we don't want to get caught of in the trap of saying, well, we'll be better you know, every, every world cup saying, well, we're an inexperienced roster. We'll do better in four years. Cause yeah. ultimately we gotta, we gotta take the next step. Um, but that being said, this, this team is so young, a couple of, you know, teenagers, 20 year olds on the roster. Um, so is this tournament maybe a couple of years early for this U S team? Perhaps. Yes. But but I think if they don't get out of the group, it's going to be a disappointment. And yes. then after that, it'll just be, I think they'll, they'll be happy with however far they end up going. If it's the, if it's the quarters, uh, then great. If they lose, you know, in the round of 16, but, but play well, they can, they can probably exit with their, with their heads held high. Um, what about you for, for overall tournament winner? Um, France might have the most depth and talent, but again, we've never seen a repeat champ. Yeah, I think to me, France and Argentina are the top two, just like Messi's on a mission. He's playing so well. I think they really understand what this means, being very likely uh, Messi's final push. Um, Brazil's very good. I, I haven't been watching 
I don't watch as much club soccer as you, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know a lot of the kind of younger Brazilian players that have pushed them to be number one. But as someone, the teams that I would probably look at would be, it would be Argentina versus Belgium. Argentina wins it, would be okay. finals and championship. Okay. Um, I have Brazil and France in the final. Um, I think Brazil is a little bit stronger defensively and in midfield than, than Argentina is. Um, mm-hmm. So I like Brazil to get through and play, as I said, play France in the final um, with Brazil taking the crown in 2022. Oh yeah. 20 years on from their last world cup win. It could be. And I mean, yeah, yeah, it's just so exciting. It's the, uh, we're recording this today. It's the 11th. Um, so nine days from now will be the first game, um, with the, the host country. And then, uh, 10 days from now on the 21st will be America's first game versus Wales. So, yep getting there listeners it's pretty exciting stuff should be an awesome winter um and we've got a college basketball preview to talk about too as you know we let the dust kind of settle from the first couple weeks there so yep gonna be yeah yeah you uh yeah you you sent a text a couple weeks ago showing like how many different sports are going to be going on on any given day in november and december (laughs) and it's just crazy so uh even though this world cup is not not during the summer. Um, I am looking forward during the holidays to hang out with family, um, put my feet up, be able to watch some soccer, some college basketball, some NBA, all of that going on is, is exciting. Yeah, a lot to look forward to. And obviously, just on the kind of human side, just really hope everything goes smoothly in Qatar. There's a lot of kind of alarming. Yep humanitarian issues and kind of you know political like how people are supposed to act issues almost i would say while there that could spell trouble um but hopefully not hopefully it all goes smooth and you can really focus on the football ahead and uh yeah yeah that's listeners no well said max and uh yeah we'll leave you guys on that note take it easy y'all have a good one Take it easy. We'll see you next time.